although you're small, everybody starts to small. Yeah. You didn't all just jump into this, you know, big and, you know, all off you go. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to start somewhere. Welcome back to the Glasgow podcast. The guests are coming thick and fast over the last couple of weeks and I'm, I'm delighted that I've got another person on who comes from a very kind of different retail area and an area that affects probably so many people as well. Um, I've got Melanie Burrow from Perushon. Melanie, how are you? I'm good, thanks Gary, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, the Obviously, you, it's a, a wig and hair boutique and the, the description that I've I seen online was a unique wig boutique covering all aspects of wig wearing and that's obviously for people who maybe just want a change but for people who are going through illnesses and things like that as well there's, there's obviously a, a different element to it for you it's obviously quite a quite a niche market and it's quite a probably a, a market with a lot of competition in it as well but how did it all start for you where did the idea come from for the, the whole company yeah well basically um it was got a weird 10 years open this mm-hmm. year, so we are. So um, it doesn't feel like it, to be honest. But <laughs> I flew in. Kind of lost half of this year, though, so that doesn't count, does it? Um, but no, we were, I opened 10 years ago because um, my mum actually had cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, both my mum and dad both had cancer. But mm-hmm. at the time, it was about 10, 11 years ago now, actually, my mum had cancer and lost her hair. Mm-hmm. And um, I went with her to different wood companies to have we try on and see, you know that way for her I wasn't even in industry at that point at all so I was kind of going there as a supporter like anyone else does and just sitting with her to see you know be there and try them on and you know just kind of give her a bit of that support and when we were going about Glasgow basically because that's where we're from Mm -hmm. it just seemed that the wig market at the time even as an observer and not actually been in the industry, it was quite stigmatised mm-hmm. and very old school. Um, so the experience that my mum had wasn't great, to be honest. You know, that way it was kind of like you're sitting and obviously, you know, no disrespect to anybody in the wig industry at that time, but you're doing your best with what you have. It's yeah. a much different world now. But it just, you just thought this could be different, you mm-hmm. know, that way. And it was just like, I don't know if it was maybe something in you just going, you know, like this it doesn't have to be like this, you know, that way it shouldn't have to be feeling like this. Mm-hmm. And it came really from having that experience with her. Um, it was, I mean, basically I've always kind of, and I've always wanted to have a business of my own. Yeah. It's just weird that a life-changing thing happens like that, mm-hmm. that kind of puts you in that direction, to be honest. So I didn't, you know, that way think, oh, I can just go and open a big company right now. Yeah. I mean, it was more that... Um, it kind of gave me a wee bit of a light bulb moment to mm-hmm. kind of go, well, why not? Why should it kind of be like this now? Yeah. What could change? And then it really just sparked a wee something then. As I say, it wasn't for a wee while later, sure, that it kind of made more headway and started going down that route. But essentially it was because of her. And mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of where it's came from. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, and here we are. <laughs> Ten years yeah, down the decade on, yeah, yeah. You're not doing half bad. <laughs> um, so see, see from that point then, obviously when you, you'd went through that experience of, of being there with someone who, who needed a wig and there uh-huh. wasn't a great choice and then obviously you, you went away and kind of thought about it. What, what was your then, your kind of major next steps for going, right, this is maybe an idea to into, it could be a business. What, what were your kind of main points from getting it started? 
I think from that moment, you know, that way, it was like, as I say, it, it was more that I'd, I'd probably always been looking to do something, mm-hmm. you know, that way. So it was like we, before that, I had, um, I'd actually been traveling um basically my background was in the finance industry okay and um so completely nothing to do with where i'm at now Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um so it was like a week and a turning point but at the same time it came at a point where i was probably looking more you Mm -hmm. know so before um before any of this kind of happened i had been kind of going you know on the levels going through the finance industry and i was kind of doing computerized coding all this kind of stuff and it came to a point where i was like do i still want to do this you know that way is this the right industry for me so went traveling um and kind of at that point as well i was in australia and traveled a bit around and you kind of I don't know if I was at that point even looking for ideas, you mm-hmm. know, that way to think I want to do something of my own. But at that point, I was, you know, kind of writing out things, taking ideas. I think I was kind of feeling as if I should be looking for ideas, yeah, you know, that yeah. way all this travel experience and stuff. And then it kind of came to a point when I come home and then back into the finance industry, even although I was like, oh, I've got all these great ideas. They kind of went to the curb a wee bit. Mm-hmm. And then after, obviously, the experience with my mum, it kind of went, no, wait a minute, I'm, go- I'm going to start looking into it. Mm-hmm. So it started with the usual kind of Googling and things, you know, yeah. that way and trying to find out a bit about the market as a whole, you know, and kind of trying to go, right, what is it in Glasgow? Was there any places that we kind of didn't know? Mm-hmm. What is the market? Who is looking for wigs? And it kind of just started from there. Yeah. I'd be doing it kind of at night whilst I was still working in the finance industry. Mm-hmm. And then the more I started looking at it, the more I started getting a bit of a passion for it. I was mm-hmm. like, no, this that does seem like there's such an opportunity here. You know, that way everything seems to have been the same for a long time. Yeah. So, but because... Uh, I didn't really know what kind of steps to take. I was looking then to find out, well, what agencies or what business support was out there, even just to start getting into that world of, it's a scary place to think of opening up a business of your own, no Mm -hmm. matter what it is. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I'm going to just find out a wee bit about if I did want to even do this. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at... um, what uh, kind of help was out there and women into business was one of the kind of first groups that I went to and that just changed everything to be honest because even when I went and I was listening to everybody else's ideas because it's basically it was if you were looking to start a business or you're a young business at at the time was like between one to two years old Mm -hmm. then you can attend and it was like goodness I think now I can't even remember if it was once a month but um, there would be loads of people there and you'd hear other people's ideas and then it came to a point where you know it'd be like right if you want to see what your idea is to get feedback kind of from this group of women to be Mm -hmm. honest and for a long time when I went I kind of didn't even want to see what my idea was and it was strange because like no I'll wait the now and now that we listen to everybody else's because I don't know why I just thought I'm not I'm sure yet I really want to do this and I kept Uh doing that for a wee while and then I met um, who my accountant is now actually Mm -hmm. she was there and then I started just making connections and I kept going and I kept getting motivated with everybody else making steps in their business. Mm-hmm. But the support that you get there because it was designed for um, opening up your own business, there was like free courses and all that kind of stuff. So before I went right into the work side of it, I looked at whether or not I could do it as a structure, what, what kind of finance would be involved. Yeah. And then I just started walking about the town and looking for places, mm-hmm. you know, that way. I just thought, take we walk about Glasgow and, that, and then... I kind of found a place that I thought, oh, I've got my eyes on this now. So yeah. it kind of went from there. 
but still very kind of apprehensive to take the jump mm. from being in a full-time good career job to kind of going right this has nothing to do with what I'm I'm trained for yeah. but in a way everything that I'd kind of done up until then yeah everything that I've learned so far and even in the different industries that I've been in it kind of has all helped mm-hmm. to start and build the business so yeah. went from there really. And did you did you enjoy the finance industry or were you always wanting to just kind of do something for yourself in that sense? Well, I think, see, in a way, see, even from school, you mm-hmm. kind of go on this wee track, right? And I like my spreadsheets and stuff, and mm-hmm. I do like numbers, but I'm not an accountant, I'm not a mathematician, nothing like that. Yeah. But I started kind of getting into, well, when I was I actually graduated from Glasgow Uni, with an honours degree in economics and international management. Right. And I was on a wee track of now down the economics route, mm-hmm. you know, that we're looking at all this. But then it's like, it, it still wasn't really kind of grasping me as an industry that I really, uh, you knew, I just knew that that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain. It's like kind of, you go with the flow, you know, that way yeah. you're on a route to get a qualification, then you start going into the industry that you're qualified in. And then as it went on, you know, that way you kind of further your career in that way. But there was always still something that I was thinking, I'm not 100%. You mm-hmm. know, that way you get it's just something that just went, it's just not 100% me. And then mm-hmm. it did come to a, a wee point where you go, right, I can either climb the ladder here or I can go for it, you know, that way. And that's kind of where the crunch point was. So it wasn't that I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. I just think that I knew that it wasn't the right thing for me. Yeah. But, you know, that way you're kind of guided to a point. And then that was obviously the turning point was like, eh, maybe this. Yeah, <laughs> the change for you. <laughs> oh. Very true. So then obviously you're at the point where you, you've seen like your, your premises, etc., and you're, you're looking to get things off the ground. What were the kind of big challenges for you at that point to get things kind of really moving well for the first first of all when i actually had a look we're based in virginia street in the town and mm-hmm. it's in an old listed kind of building so yeah. it's been there for years um that when i looked at the building and i was getting taken around and i was like oh yes getting all the visions and everything but mm-hmm. then i was like my god there's so much in this i don't even know never mind the industry i want to go in yeah but even taking on a premises in itself that's listed and you've got to i was i was even researching dampness control at one point <laughs> and how filters worked and what i was obviously like if i'm going to do this i need to know everything yeah. so i was very much like trying to research a wee bit about how this would work if i was to take the premises on and um started talking to a lawyer mm-hmm. you know that way just to to go right if I'm going to take premises on what is this rent agreement how and then just started looking at all the legalities of it you know that way to go could I do this and then as I say with the business kind of contacts that I got at the time from women into business there was actually a really good support from the bank that I was with at the time Royal Bank of Scotland but Mm -hmm. it was different then because the women that actually you're in contact with that are your business managers, they were face to face. Yeah. You know, they actually came down at some point when we we're open even a year and were selling raffle tickets for me, you know, that way. So it was a, a lot more different. You mm-hmm. had a great connection. Yeah. So if I was basically researching the the premises and again before I was tying myself into anything. But if I'm honest, the industry that I was wanting to go in was a very established older industry, you mm-hmm. know, all the business all the companies that are in it have been established for 60 odd years yeah if you like you know that way to one of these and one of the biggest challenges was kind of being accepted Mm -hmm. because it'd be like oh here's somebody else coming and thinking they can do this 
now that kind of yeah. mentality. Did you I find think, that daunting a, when you, you first kind of came in? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Because um, when I obviously wanted to talk and push, the, the reasoning behind it was because I wanted to be able to help people like my mum. Mm-hmm. So to be able to offer the medical side, you know, to take prescriptions, the NHS. Yeah. But I had to find out how all of that worked. But then when I contacted one of the big companies at the time who took prescriptions, I went along and I had a meeting with them. Mm-hmm. But the meeting that I had at the time with them was very off-putting. It mm-hmm. was kind of like at a point where it was like, so you think you can do this type thing? And mm-hmm. I was like sitting in this office, looking at all these maps of all these kind of salons that they kind of controlled. Mm-hmm. And it was as if, well, do you think you're going to be able to do this? Yeah. You know, that kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I came out and I actually felt quite kind of like, oh my God, can I, can mm-hmm. I actually do this? maybe I can and yeah. I was like and then I was speaking to my mum she's like that is the whole point they wanted you to feel like yeah, by the exactly. way this is yeah. this is what you wanted to change just keep that in your mind what you wanted to change mm-hmm. so that's just going to be a learning thing for you don't let you know that way at the beginning although you're small everybody started small yeah. they didn't all just jump into this being all big and you know, all off you go. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to start somewhere. Exactly. And then I was like, well, do you know what? Fair enough. I've seen where they're at, but that's right. It's exactly what I didn't want. Mm-hmm. It, that's the thing. It's what I didn't want. I mean, that's why this needs to change. Yeah, yeah. So, so there was a lot of challenges, to be honest, from premises to breaking into an industry that I didn't know about mm-hmm. to being able to contract and tender for the NHS so I could take prescriptions in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um. And then when I opened, like, 10 years ago, it was kind of in the middle of a recession type thing. So, um, and a crappy winter. So I had these (laughs) big, big, massive, listy building doors that I had to keep shut because you can't keep them open or it would have been really drafty because I had, like, hardly any heating. So, (laughs) no, you kind of, like, when I look back at it, to be honest, you're like, oh, my God, how did I even keep going for that? (laughs) But... It's a good thing to do, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to actually look back and go, well, you know, now if I can do these things back then and there were challenges, then surely it'll be, you take that and remember that to put it to the next challenges. So definitely, definitely many challenges mm-hmm. at the beginning. How were the, um, the nerves pre-opening? Oh, God. Uh, I think at the beginning it was just family that were buying mugs for yeah. me out of kind of like just support. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what have I done? What if nobody wants to buy anything? Um, especially when they don't know I'm here. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole thing as well. See, when you do something on your own, you're doing everything. You yeah. know, things that you maybe not have done, like marketing, like um, just being able to sell something without feeling guilty that you're taking people's money, yeah. all that kind of thing. There's so many layers that you've kind of got to break down to go no if you want this to work then just get out of the comfort zone here and go on with it but mm-hmm. when I first opened you did you were like oh my god is this going to work that's us it's you know you're in it and you need to go on with it but um but as I say like I think you start because you're in it and people are going well she's taking this step now particularly there are maybe with companies yeah. at the time it's like well this is happening mm-hmm. you know and then they start kind of going well see what happens next (laughs) so no um i was definitely like of just you want to be like i just need to prove this to myself and everybody that need my decision to come out of a full-time job that was secure with Mm -hmm. your pension and all that that was the right decision but i'm i'm glad i did but yeah it was it was slow to start with Mm -hmm. slow to start and then you're like oh no there's no money coming in everything's went out i need to get (laughs) something happening 
And was there a kind of was there a point for you where you kind of started to realise that it, it was going to work and it was going to be a long term thing? Was there a kind of any moments or anything that you remember? I think it was more to be honest after I got the NHS contract. Mm-hmm. At the beginning when we opened, um, I was only able to do like retail. Okay. So it was only selling wigs to people that privately wanted to buy them, just yeah. like any other retail store, I guess, mm-hmm. where you're coming in paying the money. But to have the NHS contract meant that I was working with all the health boards across Scotland mm-hmm. and I could take any prescription from any of the health boards and provide people their wigs under prescription. Right. But I worked so hard to get that that at the beginning, the contract for the NHS at the time only comes up every four years. Right. And when I opened, um, it was already in the middle of a contract. So I had to work with one of the other contractors initially first mm-hmm. in order to be able to take prescriptions as what we class as an agent. So right. it wasn't me directly being able to accept them. I was working with someone that could then process them for me, mm-hmm. but I still gained um, my own control over my own buying and selling in of my wigs from mm-hmm. all the suppliers. Yeah. But, um, but then once the contract came up, you know, that way again after that, like, I think I was about two years maybe as an agent, and then I knew when the contract was coming up, I started attending the meetings with NHS boards mm-hmm. just to kind of go, right, what's going to be involved in this? This is what I really wanted to do this for. Mm-hmm. So I was proper researching everything, finding out how it all worked. But it's a very, very, that's the thing with a wig industry, it's a very niche industry. Yeah. And it's quite difficult to get information, especially when you're new and you've not done it before. Mm-hmm. But the company that I was working with as an agent for were very supportive, actually, even though they were going with the, for the contract again themselves. Yeah. It was a good business relationship, and that's something you never forget. Mm-hmm. I think it, when you're starting a business, and as you go on, you remember the things that you appreciated at the beginning yeah. to work that into your own business ethic to go, well, it's not cutthroat. There is good people out there in your industry, mm-hmm. you know, that way everybody's and the ones that aren't, you know, that way receptive to things like this. That's not going to be a, a, a long term thing. It's going to last. Yeah. You need to be able to have comrades in the industry that, you know, you're working against, but they're still you've got a known and an understanding, well, I'm not going to step over the mark here with anybody. You just concentrate on your own business. Mm-hmm. But as long as you've got that understanding. So um, definitely I would say that defining moment was when I kind of got confirmed that I got the contract. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm now in with, I'm a contractor with one one of the smallest unknown businesses that have only been opened like very little years, I think mm-hmm. about three, three and a half years with companies that have had this contract for 40 odd years it's like oh my god we've done it I was yeah. like elated absolutely elated. <laughs> but then I mean I could do take prescriptions and then start to work with the community with alopecia groups mm-hmm. and oh, it was just amazing it just opened up so much yeah. and obviously at that point too people get to know you and I visited all the hospitals myself actually just so that they all could put a face to to the name so that they're uh, like well you're yeah. new who yeah. are you uh-huh. And that was that, wanted... how did you find that, kind of going in and, and speaking to people at that point? Do you know, it's one of those ones where I was just like, I just need to brave this, yeah. you know, that way. I, I'm credible, I do want good things, you mm-hmm. know, that way, that's why I'm doing this. So I've always got to keep that in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm not there to be judged, I'm there to help. Mm-hmm. So when I went to the different health boards even and introduced myself, I did say that. You know, I know I'm new, but that doesn't mean to say I'm new because I want things to be 
updated. I want things to be current. I'm going to push for different supplies of wigs to come in. I mm -hmm. want things to be able to be offered under prescription that maybe weren't, you mm -hmm. know, that way. But obviously, you're not coming in going, oh, I'm going to promise the world. You've got to be a re realistic to be, you know, respected and be credible at the same time. Yeah. So you're, I'm new, but I'm still learning, mm -hmm. you know. So that at that point, you're kind of taking on board what everybody's saying and listening a lot, mm -hmm. you know, that way. And that's... That was good because a lot of the people that I met back then in the health boards, they still remember me. And it means I can actually call them directly. And even now I'll be like, hi, how are you? And, you know, they know me because mm -hmm. they met me. And that's a good thing. It's always like if you're new to something, to be able to meet people still, I believe in that face-to-face -face is a good thing. Yeah, no, <laughs> To kind of go, this is who I am, mm -hmm. you know, that way. And that, that I want you to believe in what I'm trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that way. And come visit us if you want. You can see where your patients are coming. <laughs> Open book and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, everything that you do at the beginning is obviously daunting. First time for everything is always going to be a kind of brave it mm -hmm. kind of one, you yeah. know, that way. But it's just kind of being receptive, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, that way when you're, you're talking to people is like, I'm listening to you. What is it you want or what is it you think should change because yeah. I think as well being new I think it gave everybody a kind of not a wee kick up the bum because that is disrespectful in a way but if they see me coming in and looking at things from fresh eyes yeah, it kind of changed how other people look at stuff you mm -hmm. know that way and I'd still say that for anybody coming in the industry now that I'm in mm -hmm. I'd be like well good for you what are you guys doing all right okay like this is new brands new colors or new styles mm -hmm. smashing let's see let's make it push it you know that way and make things better yeah try build that relationship rather than being against uh -huh. people yeah yeah no I totally agree with you the, the thing that I was curious about and it's obviously as you, you'd said it's as a niche market and for some people it's a massive, massive thing if they're in that position and they're, they're having to go and speak to someone about a wig and like myself, I had alopecia and mm -hmm. for a male, I think, see, when you're going to different places, it's horrific and it's, uh -huh. before bef before you would think it's not a big deal, but when you lose your hair, it's mm -hmm. a massive deal and you probably don't realise until that happens. Um, yep. But see, from your side, obviously, of being an owner of a shop that people can come to for that support how did you go about kind of gaining your, your clients trusting your customers coming back what was the kind of the main things behind you getting that kind of trust between you and you and customers i think to be honest because from why i started my business and i remember being with my mum mm -hmm. sitting you know that way watching her and you're sitting there going i want the best for her treat her right yeah give her the confidence, you've got all this kind of anxiety that you want, especially when, like, with alopecia and with, like, maybe the oncology side of it, where somebody's maybe going through treatment for mm -hmm. medical purposes and it's a temporary thing, there's completely different mindsets there, right? Yeah. So when someone's coming in and they're going through a medical treatment where they mean they're going to lose their hair temporarily, you know, that way, and it's, like, medically induced that way, mm -hmm. You're, you're having to deal with people in a different way that you would where somebody's maybe at the very beginning of their alopecia journey and they've got no idea why it's happened and it might have been quite sudden and mm -hmm. they're thrown into this world where it's called wig world, right? And yeah. you're like, have no clue. And you've got to remember how, well, that's what I do. And I say even all my staff, they understand for one reason or another, the personal kind of 
um, experience of it, mm-hmm. where they've been with somebody that needs that help to get the wig when mm-hmm. it is for a medical purpose, whether it be alopecia or whether it be cancer, and it's not a choice. Mm-hmm. When it's a choice, it's a different mind game altogether. But if you're sitting and you can see that there's a family member sitting with someone, and I remember feeling that way, going, yeah. I know how you're feeling. You're wanting me to give them the best. You're mm-hmm. wanting them to walk out here. And the whole purpose is for confidence because you don't know what's going on with people in their lives with um, what's happening mentally, mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are going through, if it is treatment, you don't know what's happening in their body. Mm-hmm. You can't see, you can see their head, mm-hmm. you know, that way. And that's why people, a lot of the time that are going through treatments, it will be like, please make me kind of similar to my family that it's when I look in the mirror I'm kind of a bit of me yeah. now you know yeah. that way no matter what else is happening people don't look at me differently because mm-hmm. that's not the point and when it's alopecia you know you're with someone that's kind of going I have no idea why this has happened to me mm-hmm. I don't know how long it's going to go and they're at the beginning of research and everything to try and get that understanding but yeah thrown into something that they've, they've not got any understanding about right mm-hmm. right yet but but that's why you know you've got to just be yourself i think see if anybody that's in an industry that's kind of got to be in caring and that nature we're not just retail we're like um in Paris, it's kind of therapy mm-hmm. in a way some people chat to us and show us things they're not even showing their family yeah you know that way because we're we're distant enough but we we can be there to kind of understand. So you get people coming in in all different mindsets, and it's very much a gauging thing when you're mm-hmm. talking to someone. You have to kind of even see that day they might not even be in a good place, yeah. and you're kind of going, well, listen, let's leave it there, or well, mm-hmm. why don't we wait to the next time you're in? And if you don't kind of have that reciprocation, you mm-hmm. know, when you're looking at someone to kind of go, right, let me help you. But I kind of know the limits. Sometimes we get people coming in and they're like, yeah, it completely changed me and I'm going to take this head on. Mm-hmm. And then you've got other people that might go, no, I need to stay myself. And you've kind of got to go with the flow. Mm-hmm. But if you if you ta- start telling people what to do or you, you act, I don't know, fake in any way, yeah. you've got to be You've got to be how you would want someone to be with your family. And that's the, that's it. You know, that way, if you're going to do something other than that, there's no point. And people can see through that anyway. If they know yeah. you're genuine, then they're going to know that you actually care about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's going to come through. Yeah, that's it. And see from the, obviously, you'd say that yourself there, it is, a, it is like a therapy because people, you probably get people coming in and just pulling their heart out. But see uh-huh. from, from your point of view and from your staff's point of view, how do you cope with that emotionally? Because obviously you must hear some things that can then cut pretty deep when you're listening oh, to people's yeah. stories and things. But how do you deal with that on your side? Because you're you're taking that in so many times a day or a week or a month, etc. See, at the beginning, you're kind of like, you're, I think you're quite kind of involved. Mm-hmm. You know, that way, the longer you do it, the more you kind of try and separate it. Yeah. So when you're talking to someone, for example, might have had a lady and it's had a mastectomy and she shows you a scar and all and that, and you're like, oh my God, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that way that she's totally let you in. Yeah. But then at the same time, some people are like, they don't want to tell you anything, you mm-hmm. know, that way. And you're like, right, okay, we'll carry on as like how you want to go. Yeah. But, you know, at the beginning, I've said to even all the staff, no matter who you're getting in, you've got to remember there's a lot of stuff that we don't know that's going to be going on in their life. Mm-hmm. So don't take anything personally. Yeah. And we're lucky, you know, that way. There's a few instances over the years where it might be that the person isn't in a good place and one of the staffs went, oh my God, I don't know if I can handle this particular conversation. Mm-hmm. Then I'll say if it feels uncomfortable, then you let me know, mm-hmm. you know, that way. And then obviously we can deal with that situation. But it's more so, I'm a very... Um, 
God, God, he can't do it now, mind you, but I'm a very cuddly person. Yeah. <laughs> so if somebody like kind of starts having a wee kind of sob, mm-hmm. my first instance is just to kind of tap them on the shoulder and just see if I'm allowed in their space yeah. type thing. Yeah. And I go, oh my goodness. But obviously that's so difficult now yeah. as well. Like you're wearing a mask, you're keeping your distance. And if somebody, I mean, I'm, my, my expressions right now are all coming from my eyes. Oh mm-hmm. my God, I've never expressed I need to get the Botox going on because yeah. it's just like, I can't show people how you're empathising mm-hmm. when they're telling you something. But you've got to listen and just basically, I think it makes you more humble, mm-hmm. actually, because you listen to people and go, well, do you know what? There is worse things that could be happening. And although you could be having a wee bit of a crappy day, it, it's very rewarding job. Mm-hmm. Because you're actually listening to people and when they are inviting you in or giving you their trust with things yeah. that have been going on, to be able to go like, thank you, you know, that way you've come in here, you felt you felt comfortable enough is quite a good kind of mm-hmm. way to explain it, that you've actually felt, you know, that was a good experience, then that makes me feel so good because then I go, that's the job done really because yeah. when I remember how my mum felt, I want to... I want people to walk out and go, God, you look great, and that's giving you the confidence you need. Mm-hmm. Whether that be a temporary thing and they needed it that day, who knows? But mm-hmm. at least for a wee bit, they can maybe feel b- much better about themselves. Then I think that's you've kind of got to be able to. I, I think you've got to be able to read people and be able to know when to separate yourself from it. Yeah. Um, but but sometimes we do get a lot of customers who have had since we opened. You know, and a lot of people might either have been on their alopecia from that time. Then they come in and they know about your family and they'll ask, you know, that way how my son is mm-hmm. or, you know, that way. So that's a, a relationship built up from the beginning because they've had to come back in again because it's something that's ongoing and they need their wigs. Yeah. Um, so when it's like that, that's from the medical kind of side. Um, then it's kind of like you're establishing relationships that are going to be hopefully... It's funny because some people will say to you, thanks very much, you know, I hope I don't see you again because they don't want yeah, to see us again if it's yeah. only for a temporary thing. <laughs> but you're like, I know what you mean. I won't take offence. It's that <laughs> it's kind totally of dark humour, I suppose, uh-huh. isn't it? But you know what we had if you need us, you know? Uh-huh, totally. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And I, the, the thing that I'm so obviously curious about and I ask everybody this because it's it's good to get a perspective on both sides. For, for you, obviously, coming up to 10 years doing it, what are the kind of the main highs but also some of the main lows that, that stick out for you and kind of running it for so long um god well we've obviously had more challenges as anybody does and mm-hmm. i mean this year's been the biggest well yeah. one of the biggest i'd say for us because since we've opened there's always there's always issues i mean we've had a couple of floods and all sorts going on but when it comes to like this year when you've actually had to shut your doors and you do deal with people that have been going through treatments and things and they've got no way of getting the wigs well I kind of actually kind of kept open at home so Mm -hmm. to speak where I'd still be sending things out but to be honest like I'd be on the phone talking to people because you're still keeping that contact and I'd be talking to somebody for like two hours and you know see even that you're like my God, it's so important to stay connected mm-hmm. because some people that came into us were on their own and now they're home and they've got nobody really to talk to. And yeah. sometimes people were coming into us, that'd be the only people we'd, they would be speaking to in the mm-hmm. day and they'd, they'd have their routine and maybe go to Marks and Spencer's for their coffee, come into the eyes and then that was them up the road. Yeah. So when you're speaking to people, it, it, is very, um, it was very difficult very hard you know that way especially this year as it has been for everybody we're lucky that we're open again now and god knows it's going to happen yeah. but that was one of the hardest i think when you're like um oh, this is like a choice that we 
you've no control over. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we've got to shut. And some of the people in the hairdressers that I know in town, some of them are not opened again. That's how I'm done. You're like, yeah. God, this is hard. Um, but I think more so when with the customers you deal with too, you want to make sure that they're okay. Mm-hmm. And when you find out, unfortunately, with the business that I'm in, you know, that way you've maybe not heard from a customer for a wee while and it worries you. Yeah. It's like, oh my yeah. God, they've not come back. Uh-huh. So in that point, you're like, and it's difficult because you don't want to phone because mm-hmm. you don't want to phone somebody and then go, right, are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that way in case uh-huh. you get a family member. So that's hard. Um, you know, that when you're dealing with people that, you know, you, you want to have that kind of camaraderie with, you've got, you've built up a relationship and then if you don't see them again, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, there've been a couple of hard ones like the staff have even been dealing with yeah. that you'll go, she was a client, I mean, and that's tough, mm-hmm. you know, that way or, We've never seen that guy again because yeah. of whatever reason. So that's hard. I think that's that that's difficult, you know, for what you do. Everything else you you kinda go on with. But mm-hmm. when it comes to things like that, you're like, Oh god, that's that's hard. You know, you have your wee moments like that. Yeah, it never gets any easier. No, definitely not. No matter what, no matter how long you've been doing mm-hmm. it, sure. It's always it's people. Yeah. That matter. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And Kind of high points for you or points that you've looked back on and you're really proud of? Uh, gosh, right. I will definitely have that's the one I've said as well. When we got the NHS contract, that yeah. was just a feeling that I'm like, oh, I need to bottle that whenever I feel <laughs> a bit like we need something to that with you. <laughs> um, well, let's do that. But we've done a lot actually, like through the years, we like doing me charity events mm-hmm. and stuff. And one of the ones we did was like a it was like a catwalk event out in the back of Virginia Court. Right. And it was a wee near at the beginning when we first opened. We were like, we try to get our name out there. And I was like, a wee around talking to all the businesses in Soho, which is now shut. That mm-hmm. was in Miller Street. Um, I'm Priscilla Bridal. They were open. They were part of it as well. Looking Jack, you're right next to us. All these businesses that were involved in this kind of catwalk. Um, it was like a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a DJ and we even had... Um, what was it? The, what was it? The Territorial Army, right? They had said that they would give me this big tent thing right. to cover the full court in case it rained. Because I was like, what happens if this rains, right? And mm-hmm. it's an open court and we're doing all this stuff. All the businesses have came together. Some have been providing food. Some have got music. Everybody's like, the, for example, like Anne Priscilla were doing their wedding dresses. Mm-hmm. It was all good to go. And I'm like, oh my God. So the army had like, let us borrow <laughs> a tent. <laughs> but I, they they weren't they didn't put it up because I was like well, I don't know if I need it and obviously you need certain licenses yeah. for the day and all that and I was like right we'll keep it in reserve and then everybody's like yeah but that's all very good are we going to get the army in to put it up if we need it and I was like oh I don't know I've not factored that into the plan I'm like I've got everything else sorted I was like just know that way in the morning you're praying and looking and going yeah. thank God it's sunny thank God we don't need to phone the army to put the up. <laughs> For the court, I was like, oh my god! So that was really good because that was a great, that was a great, that was for the Merchant City Festival actually. Right. We done that as part of, and that was a great day because after that they were, we were kind of doing the other bits and pieces, but that took loads of work, you know, to get everybody together. But mm-hmm. that was really good. That was a good wee high point. But we've done loads of wee bits, you know, that way to kind of raise raise funds for different things, which is good. I, I like doing all that. Yeah, definitely. And you um you popped up on Mara Mara as well. Yes. How did that, that come about? <laughs> that was really good, actually. Um, 
the one of the producers had been um, kind of. I think he basically floated about the whole of Scotland, right. like just chanting indoors, as he says. Mm-hmm. And he, somebody said to him to come and try us, mm-hmm. you know. And he'll tell you himself, you know, he comes in and I'm like listening and being skeptical and going, mm-hmm. right, okay, how's that all work then? <laughs> and he says, you know, I see trying to explain this to people how this is going to work when they've not seen it. Yeah. And I was like, it's difficult because we're not like a mainstream hairdressers. Mm-hmm. If anyone's coming in here. They kind of want to do it a wee bit incognito, yeah. you know, that way it's not something that somebody's maybe want to do on the TV, but I was surprised actually. Mm-hmm. I said to him to leave it with me, you know, that we have a wee think about it. And then it's actually my mum most of the time that pushes me to go and do stuff like yeah. this, you know, that way to jump out your comfort zone. I'm like, oh my God, the TV, I don't <laughs> know. And I'm like, and then I'm relying on customers and having a chat and all that. And she's like, oh, what have you got to lose? And I was like, I suppose not, but I just yeah. don't know what, how this is going to go. So, yeah, we, they said to a few customers, do you want to do it? Mm-hmm. And then they were like, yeah, why not? And then obviously we did the Series 2 after that mm-hmm. as well. But Series 2 was more the people coming to me and saying, could we be on it if you do that again? Yeah. And obviously the, the guys that had on it, they were good because they wanted to talk about something mm-hmm. that was quite relevant, which is, again, it's be, good to be able to be in a position that you can give somebody a platform like that. Definitely. So I'm glad and I'm grateful that I was allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pure TV pro now, not, <laughs> does not a... make a difference <laughs> how many times you do it or oh, cringe. No. <laughs> was there a good response to it from, from your side as well? Did you get a lot of, kind of good feedback on it? We did, we did, you know, that way because, you know, people are, I think the good thing was, like, people are always saying, saying to me, it's good you kind of came across the way you would normally, mm-hmm. and I was like, do you think, you know, you're obviously watching yourself and being so analytical, yeah. I was like, God, I don't know, but, no, in the mainstream, everybody was like, oh, that is great, you know, that we've obviously got a lot of mixed, um, kind of, people in the programme, you mm-hmm. know, talking about all different things and from different businesses, but, um, no, it was good, a lot of the customers were coming in going, it's good to see Bruce on the TV, you recognise the curtains, I went, what, before you even knew me, you just went, oh, I know that place, before you even seen me, so that was nice, you know, that way, so... But um, no, a few people have come in and went, are you the wig lady? And I'm like, oh, God, no, don't call me that. The wig lady's not good. <laughs> I don't want to be the wig lady. You know, that way I'm like, no, yeah, that's me. I'm going to have to go with this now. Because oh. <laughs> I never really refer to, like, actually the wigs that we sell. I don't really ever call them wigs. I call them hair pieces. Yeah. Or, you know, that way. So it's like, it's always a, a kind of such a, like a wig is such a connotation mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. that you tried to you're trying to break that, but yeah, well, that's me and the wig lady. <laughs> and famous on TV as well. So oh, all God. <laughs> <For that. laughs> that that's another thing I was actually gonna ask you. Obviously with the I know that there, there was people that were on Mirror Mirror with you and they they'd volunteer to do it, but you do have probably a lot of customers who do want to be incognito and they want to just come in, yeah. do what they need to do and go. But See from from your point of view of where your like social media platforms and things like that, how do you find building them? Because you do have customers who won't really put out there where they've been or, or where they got their hair uh-huh. from because of the obvious kind of connotations that come with that. So how, how do you find that challenge? Tough, right? I mean anybody doing any kind of social media, especially when it's something I mean that you're not Right, like for me personally, I'm really not social media literate, mm-hmm. if for want of a better word. So you're trying to teach yourself as well to kind of how is this all working? You know mm-hmm. that way. This is all like obviously the last good few years now, mm-hmm. but it's markets that we're start starting to tap into differently. So we use Facebook and we use Instagram, mm-hmm. but as you said, 
it's coming down to a lot of people they either are going to want to have their face there or not mm -hmm. so it's trying to think of other ways that you can use these platforms more for communication mm -hmm. sometimes more for information yeah and we are we, our website isn't e-commerce either mm -hmm. ours has been more gallery based so essentially i'm still learning with all of that and i'll probably have to look more to help so obviously if anybody is listening to this get in touch right <laughs> so we need to help with all that but uh, i think it's it's hard you know i think i'm definitely still in a learning space with it and i think with anybody else it's a bit more au fait with all this and could help mm -hmm. they'll probably be able to, to to root you in the right way of how to use it better yeah but I honestly think now because, I mean, the wig industry has changed so much and that is because of celebrities, mm -hmm. especially like the likes of the Kardashians and all that. I know yeah. everybody cites them, but to be fair, in a good way with them having different wigs, albeit to change their look, it's starting to be more accepted. Mm -hmm. You know, that way wigs have kind of taken more over than um, hair extensions and yeah. all that kind of stuff there's a lot more available and i even see that with a lot of the suppliers that we use mm -hmm. so essentially you see the boom that they are doing on social media with instagram and in pictures and all that that we have to kind of watch what they're doing mm -hmm. and then see how they're kind of working with it to see if that could be something that i could do mm -hmm. you know so we deal with um, suppliers of brands all over the world um, in America, Germany, France, UK, and they're all doing it all differently, but you can kind of start to see what works mm -hmm. and how it's getting picked up on. And then it's like, right, okay, maybe we can start using it and facilitate it like that. Yeah. But as I say, we are, I mean, we are early days with all Instagram and things. You've got everybody that looks all great and their grid's amazing and they know what they're doing. You mm -hmm. know, that smashing. Ours looks lovely and colourful with loads of pictures. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, that might that might look a bit better in the next year or two. But mm -hmm. I definitely think even now, see, with, with us having shut down um, over that whole, um, from March to July, mm -hmm. we were closed. But as I say, I was doing like Zoom calls and online consultations. That's when you, I think a lot of people turned to a loan line a lot. Yeah. And that's where I started going, right, we really need to do a bit more here. What can we do? Mm -hmm. What are we allowed to do? And there's so many kind of probably legal terms that you don't really know about and unless you do this as a living. Yeah. You know, that way, and a lot of people that have done it for ages will know what they're doing. But it is, it's hard. You kind of trying to rely on we ask customers a lot what they'd like to see, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And for us at the minute, um, Facebook seems to be quite good because it, it's a lot of people that have been to us and seen us, mm -hmm. whereas Instagram's obviously global. Yeah. You know, so it, it probably depends on what you're wanting to target mm -hmm. and what the best way to do it is. But yeah, we're still learning. I'd say, Gary, that's a... <laughs> Come back to me next year, right? When my grid looks amazing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at this. <laughs> we'll find also, you. I've had much help. <laughs> we'll find you some help off of this. There is always people that, and I think that's the thing that I've noticed with the, do, doing it myself and the people I've spoke to, there's always people willing to help. So there, there will definitely be people off the back of this that will, will give you a hand with it. There's no Good. doubt about that at all. Um, but yeah, I'll still get you back when you've got like 6 million followers asking how you managed to get them on. And I'll be like, see that podcast I did? Right? That was the start. That would be another pivotal. There you go. That, that was that. Another thing I wanted to ask you, obviously you, you've been in the industry now for almost a decade, I don't like using that term, it makes it sound That's so long. so mm -hmm. long, doesn't it? But mm -hmm. who who are your own inspirations, either, either from a personal side or a business side, that have kind of, somebody that you've looked up to through that journey? 
I would say um, without a doubt my family, mm-hmm. but mainly like obviously my mum's the whole reason why I kind of yeah. started this, uh-huh. you know that way. And it's a funny thing that when something is a life changer like that, and mm-hmm. then it's like I don't know some more and more now. I probably I'm I'm a very firm believer actually in things happen for a reason, mm-hmm. and whether that seems to be bad at the time, if you can take something positive from it and make it work, then it isn't it's a good thing, do you mm-hmm. know, that way it's one of the things that are kind of, right, well, let's spin this. And I've tried to do that a lot since then, to be honest. And because of that, I look at things differently. Mm-hmm. I kind of go, right, okay, this is really crap right now, whatever it might be. Yeah. But I definitely think there's always a solution for mm-hmm. something. And, um, you know, that way, you, you might not know at the time. I mean, I don't know how many times I've stood in Peru and went, no, I, I know there's an answer to this. I just don't know what it is right now, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to find it. And it's kind of like, you've got to kind of look at people to find out, well, you know, that way I'm here to help you. I, I really want to be able to to do my job properly. So, and then you've got to bring yourself back to that again and go, right, okay, what is going to help me push forward? What is it that I want to look at to make this better? Mm-hmm. But my mum's been amazing. You know, that way she's, she's been like my board from the beginning, yeah. you know, especially like to, to bounce things off of. And she works in Paris now, sure. Oh, so she's, um, she had left a job in the council and then came to Paris. So having her there was, is amazing, you mm-hmm. know, because people can actually go, listen, you've been through this, you know, that way yeah, I'm speaking to somebody who's got a clue yeah. here. Um, so she's, she's been brilliant, as is all my family, to be honest, and helping. But mm-hmm. from a, a business point of view as well, as I said, that that very beginning when I started with women into business, from from there, I'm actually a member of the Glasgow Girls Club as well, mm-hmm. um, the business group, and um, that's been really good because it's a different a different way of looking at it now. Back then, women into business would have been physical, chatting to people, and obviously we can't do that now. But the Glasgow yeah. Girls Group is quite good as a forum where you can kind of see other business owners and just get that kind of. You, when you're on your own doing stuff, it's hard. Mm-hmm. So you need to kind of look to other other people that are in a similar boat to you and yeah. no matter what the business is everybody's just trying their best so you're kind of looking for motivation and kind of a wee bit of camaraderie to go mm-hmm. right okay it's a different ethic yeah. that people have but you want to have people there that are on the same path as you same wavelengths and can I help each other out mm-hmm. I would probably say as well um there's a when I said everything, there's always a solution. I found this book called Everything Is Figure Outable, and I, I know a lot of people seem to know about it by Marie Farello, mm-hmm. and it's something I kind of came across when I was kind of looking for answers for different things to move the business forward. Yeah, and I was like, God, I, I just need some kind of probably another kind of a group of people, you know, that way that you're mm-hmm. kind of going. I need a sounding board. I need yeah. some direction. And then I was starting to look at her stuff and I was like, God, this is quite good. She's got the same kind of mantra, you know, mm. that way it's like everything is figure out both the same. I've been saying there's always a solution. It doesn't sound as good, mind you, but it's still <laughs> the same. So I think definitely when I've been looking at things, I look at business owners that I've managed to do well mm-hmm. and find out and read about Richard Branson as well. Like I read a lot of his stuff, yeah. although to completely, it's just a journey. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that people look at things. So there's other kind of um, mentors like that I would look at and people that have helped me through the past. As I say, the, the people at the beginning when we first started that actually helped me get my feet off the ground and mm-hmm. go, right, this is a business group to join. That, that's that been good. But definitely I would kind of say 
it's not just one person, it's groups of people. Yeah. And I would always look to somebody that's actually wanting to share their knowledge, especially mm-hmm. a business owner or an entrepreneur that is actually wanting to share rather than keep stuff to themselves. Mm-hmm. You want somebody that is actually going to go, this is good for you to understand. I wish somebody told me that, yeah. you know, that kind of way. Yeah, getting that so, support uh, network. Yeah, that's what it is. You need you need a bit of support network. You know that no matter what your business is, you're not on your own. Mm-hmm. There's definitely other entrepreneurs and business owners out there learning the same way as you. Mm-hmm. And you've got to fall down to get back up. And it actually takes a lot of work to make things look easy. Yeah, I think that's the thing. A lot of people that do things that look like it took them two minutes. There's probably been about five years of work went into that to get to that point. You yeah, know, exactly. so exactly. And I think that kind of leads on to what I was going to ask you next. So, so for anybody listening in and I do get a lot of messages in from people who are maybe kind of thinking about starting a business and don't really know where to turn what would you say anybody in that position of they're maybe they don't know where they want to go business-wise but they want to start something or they're maybe in looking at the wig industry and they want to start something in that is there anything advice-wise that you would give to someone in that position I think, see, when I was kind of told at the beginning, and it wasn't a something to put me off, but it was definitely when I went to these events and things and started listening to people around about me, it's whether or not, you know, a lot of people say they want to work on their own or they want their own business because they maybe want that work-life balance mm-hmm. or to just take ownership of what they want to do with their life but it is so hard work mm-hmm. and it isn't easy and I think the question that a lot of people say to you is you've got to really think whether or not you can do this but mm-hmm. it's an, uh, you've got to be an honest answer to yourself not like of course I can or you know actually look at it and go this is what you're committing yourself to you know the payoffs can be great mm-hmm. but essentially you've got to be realistic with yourself i think at the very beginning somebody said to me as well just remember not to be don't be too critical of yourself but be honest mm-hmm. write down what your strengths and weaknesses are and if you have got the weaknesses there find people or teams or groups or support networks that can help you with it mm-hmm. because you, you can't you have to be everything at the beginning but it doesn't need to be hard if you get the right support yeah so it's known that you've, if you, especially if you've got a wee idea and you feel a bit lost with it, it's more like when you look to Business Gateway and things like that. I did at the beginning actually. That was a brilliant forum for online tools. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff out there now that wasn't even there when I was going to say when I was wee when I started. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it pretty much feels like that now. Um, but I think it is I would definitely kind of go. That, that was a point where I went, right, okay, can I do this? Do, how much do I want to do this? Am I ready to take the leap to do it? And I definitely have no regrets, mm-hmm. you know, that way. But I think there was a point where I went, right, be honest. You're not very good at that particular bit. So how are you going to get better at that? Or somebody else can come and help with that, mm-hmm. you know? So to, to be able to, to know that you, you, you question yourself at the beginning and go, right, no, I'm going to do it. And then when you do, and you do trip up and stuff, you learn the lesson, but you don't give up mm-hmm. because as soon as you start giving up, you're going to learn loads of lessons, but the lessons are there as a purpose to teach you how to be better. Yeah. And it does sound, it does sound cringy sometimes, you know, and it does sound like out of books and stuff, but it is like, you know, going not to give up mm-hmm. because if you do, if you, if you give up quite early, then maybe it isn't for you, mm-hmm. you know, that way. And it's not a wrong thing. It just might not be the right thing right now. Yeah. It might be that you need to learn a wee bit more before you take the step again. 
But once you do it, it's kind of sticking with it, you know, that way and not punishing yourself if it's not right at the beginning. Because mm-hmm. as I say, I thought, especially after maybe the first year, right, I was like, oh, no, all the money's starting to go out now. There's mm-hmm. nothing coming in. I can't get the NHS contract probably for another year and a half. I really need to sell some stuff or get myself out there. Yeah. And it comes from a place where you're like, well, I just need to do this. Mm-hmm. I either do it or I close and that's not an option. You work too hard and research too much you know, that way to do this, to yeah. give up straight away. You've got to give it a chance, but not to the detriment of anything that's going to either cause you or your family grief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that way I always said that I wasn't going to put my house in the line or do anything like that. If it came to a point where I thought, wait a minute, this is not affecting me as much as somebody else, then yeah. I need to not do it. But I would definitely say that you've got to look to to not try and take too much on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, that way if you can. That's one of my, my biggest weaknesses is delegation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to do everything myself, but now I'm at the point, especially this many years on, where you're like, listen, you need to you need to give out a wee bit, yeah. you know, that way you can't control everything. You've mm-hmm. controlled so much, but if you don't do it, that could be to the detriment of your business. If you don't delegate at this point, then it's kind of like, well, you're either going to run yourself into the ground, you're definitely not going to have that work-life balance that you wanted, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're not going to get the the aims that you went out to get in the first place. Yeah, because you're trying to do everybody's job. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think that's one that a lot of people are guilty of, myself included. I just don't Uh like delegating. (laughs) It's funny that, isn't it? (laughs) I know, I think a lot of people are like that, to be fair. I think it's because you lose lose that element of control over it. Uh Um, Uh-huh. A last one, and it's the same one I ask everybody. Um, obviously, there, there's so many people in Glasgow doing brilliant things, be it in their, their job, their career, their business, and we very rarely hear about them. And I always ask my guests if there's anybody they know that they think would be good to come on or they've got a, a brilliant journey or story to share. Well, I think like um, there's loads of businesses that I've kind of met through, as I say, like the, the Glasgow Girls Club, the mm-hmm. business. And I think when you see some of the girls on there, you know, that way the ideas and things and knowing that there's so much talented people out there is actually quite amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think even doing stuff like this, Gary, so you start listening into the podcast and hearing people being real in their journey. Yeah. I think it's actually really good because it makes it seem a wee bit more attainable for mm-hmm. people that might not have otherwise done it. So. Yeah. It's great that you're you're doing this, you know, that way. I would have loved to have listened to somebody and go, here, wait a minute, that is real. You know, that mm-hmm. way it isn't all great fun and, oh, yeah, I'm all learn- earning millions and I've got all the free time in the world to go on my yacht. <laughs> this is the world. Yeah. Maybe, 10 years maybe. <laughs> but um, there's a, there's um, probably one of the girls that I've recently kind of chatted to is Shona. She does paper cut poses. She's actually really good. Her wee... Um, kind of mantra and her her ways of going about things is actually quite funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she does like um she makes like flowers and bouquets and all these kind of things out of paper Mm -hmm. which is actually quite amazing you know some of the stuff that she does is phenomenal yeah um one of the guys that used to work with me it's his own business now is alan tate Mm -hmm. he does alan tate semi-permanent um tattoo and makeup he came to us with his mum who actually still comes to us and actually worked with me for a wee while but now he's got his own business he's Mm -hmm. just branched off and he just started doing that before obviously all this happened yeah he's doing great he's a great guy as well um and there's laura porter you've probably maybe spoken to her as well she's doing brilliant she's to get her um uh, it's like fab so that's her kind of salon where she does aesthetics and treatments and things like that as well um, she does a lot of Instagram and things, and she's been quite good with me to help me a wee bit with mm. that. 
all of that. How do you do that? So <laughs> how, how does that work? How, how do you even do that? She's been doing lots of wee stories and kind of keeps a wee funny element going while mm-hmm. she's doing her own kind of chat. And she's went through a bit of roughness that, you know, that way would change and she was going to open her own salon and kind of didn't work out the way that it went. It was going to, mm-hmm. but it seems to have worked out better for her at the minute. So she's she's really good as well. Um, God, you could go on, right? But I probably... <laughs> I mean, there is, there's lots of people I've kind of came across very lately, you know, that way they're right out there to support you and yeah. like and do all that stuff, but they're, they're good guys. No, I'll definitely give them all a wee message. Melanie, it's brilliant. I've genuinely really enjoyed it. I think it's... Thank you. It's such a <laughs> it's such a niche market and it's such a sensitive market as well. And I think the fact that you've been running for 10 years and you've got all those customers that come back to you and I know people that have used the, the store as well and they don't have Good. bad things to say about it and as you say I think you're you're taking people when they're coming in and you don't really know what their state of mind's like and they're leaving uh-huh. and they feel amazing and that's obviously down to what you and your team are doing and I think it definitely needs needs publicised more out there because I think as much as it's a sensitive service I think more people need to be aware of it because it is such yeah. an important one as well Oh, thank you, Gary. It means a lot, to be honest. It really does, you know, that way. I think, like, when you, you look back and you kind of go, remember the reason for starting the journey, mm-hmm. and you do want to, and I, I truly mean it when I do say it, I really want it to be better, and there should be more available, and when you do see people coming, it's like, you do want the best for them, you want yeah. them to go home to their families, and that's, you made a difference to them, mm-hmm. just for a wee time, you know, mm-hmm. that way, if that's all it is, but... I know it's to help each other, isn't it? You're kind of wanting to get people known that are there to provide a service and make people feel better. So I appreciate you asking me to come on today. It's been it's been great. Although I do feel when I get the opportunity to talk about myself, I ramble quite a bit, surely. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> my computer's actually stuck, right? At quarter past one, I'm like, is that all? I've only been on for 15 minutes. I'm in a lot my phone. And I was like, shit. I was like, that's too long, what's going on? But then that's, Sorry, that's good as but well. Sorry, yeah, you did, you did start me off. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And I think it's just, people look for that. People look for that whole overview of, yeah, you've you've had a business for, that's been there for 10 years, but it's not as simple as it's just been successful for 10 years. There is a whole uh-huh. plethora of things behind that. And that, that's what we yep. want to hear. Um, so no, I have no, no issues at all with that. I think it's flown in. Um, thank you and obviously I'll <laughs> thank you. I'll be getting you back on again when you've got your yacht etc and you're kind of oh here that same right and I will have <laughs> I will have that right I might be at retirement age you could be waiting a while you'll have that before me probably Gary there you go about here wait a minute that goes both ways right <laughs> we can deal with it now <laughs> definitely but again thank you so much and obviously best of luck with the, the shop as well Thank you so much, Gary. I appreciate it. And same to you. Good luck with this because it's been good. Been listening to all the other ones. So definitely be spreading the news and hopefully getting it shared and stuff and letting more people know about you as well. So good on you. Superb. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And I will speak to you soon. Cheers, Gary. Thanks Cheers, again. Cheers, Melanie. Take care. Thanks, okay. Take care. Thanks.